Jesus, we thank you that there is not enough in us to praise you adequately. You're awesome in so many ways. And we declare goodness and mercy over your people today. God, we just thank you that you would lead us through the valley to the high ground. Thank you, God, that you work with us and walk with us through the valleys. And we shall not want. Because we got goodness and mercy and our cup's running over and so we shall not want. And so God, if there are any cups that are empty here today, online, family and friends, fill them up again by your presence and with your power. Move in a mighty way, Jesus. Breathe on your people. Build your church, God. Raise her up to preach your message across the planet. Jesus, let your name be lifted up in a powerful, powerful way. And Jesus and his church said, amen. Thank you, worship team. You guys are on a little bit of fire recently on your way down to your seats Air high five, a few people tell them it's going to be a big Sunday. Uh, now, uh, air high five, your second option, tell them it's going to be the biggest Sunday. I literally, um, if you're joining us online, I believe God is going to meet you in your place as well. I really do, your family as well. And we believe God is building His church everywhere, every heart, every home, everywhere. Um, and so if you're online, I want to say hi, welcome. Welcome to the craziest, most amazing Sunday of the year uh, as I... As I start to speak about what God has been doing in these last few weeks, I hope that you'll catch it. Because uh, it's hard to put it into words, if I'm really honest, what God has been doing. It's definitely not our efforts. Uh, it's only by His grace. And hopefully it'll make sense as we go. I want to read a message to start out from a good friend of mine, Rory Dyer, who uh, we had the privilege of as a church sowing into a project that they're a part of. I don't know if you know this Link Church, but we don't really exist for ourselves. And so we're always looking for ways to give into projects that are beyond us and above us and bigger than us. And, and so if you sow into this church, I just want you to know we believe in a story far bigger than our own. And there will be blessing that comes back to us by way of what we enjoy week in and week out. But a lot of it, we actually pour out into others because we believe in seeds. And so we poured some into Rory Dyer's church. We love their church. We believe what they're doing. There were three churches recently we chose to sow into that were expanding. Uh, 3CR was one of them, Urban Life was one of them, and our local Catholic church was one of them. And so just we just go where God leads us. But this is from Rory, dear Dill, Tess, and the team. Firstly, thank you. Thank you just for coming up. We were recently up there, by the way, visiting their project and just kind of putting life into their team. Thank you for showing interest and investing your joy and your words and your excitement and your endorsement and your enthusiasm and your presence into our project. Your fingerprints are on many of the details already. We loved having you here and your team brings color and fragrance to any setting. God's grace on Link and you is amazing. To then lavish our family with gifts, this is his personal family, we blessed him with a few little things to say thank you for being our pastors. Beautiful gifts was just incredible. The flow of your generosity and honor in your lives is very beautiful, thank you. Always remember, God cannot be mocked. What you sow, you will reap. Sometimes times and seasons and situations don't always add up, but God keeps the records. As an old time in our door, I've never seen him not true to his word. Maybe you need to hear that today. You're sowing into the next season and generation, and I trust from your generosity to us, there will be a mighty harvest. To give generously at a time like this, COVID, chaos, crisis, you need to really be in Christ. Thank you. To give twice. We've done it twice, by the way. Did I tell you that? Last year and then this year. To give twice, well, that's next level. 
I'm deeply humbled and I thank God daily for another gift from you guys. I've tried to find biblical words for it as I always do. And God led me this morning to Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 27. And it says, and next to them, the men of Tekoa built another section of the wall. Wow. They had fulfilled their part. They had sacrificed and built their section. But they decided to build another section. So humbling. The men and women of Link, the men and women of Belito, decided to build another section. And we just happened to be one of the recipients of your abundant generosity. We got double portion. We receive this gift with gratitude and grace as you serve another. Thank you, Link Church. How you even got to think of us amazes us. Actioning it humbles me. May you reap men and women of Tekoa. People who are committed to another section of the wall. Thank you. Privileged partners, powerful. Bless you, Rory Dyer. May you reap, men and women of Tekoa. May you, as you partner with us, may you in your lives reap men and women of Tekoa. People that partner to build a wall beyond their own. A story beyond their own. This is Link's story. I'm overwhelmed by it. I'll tell you why. Because this week, crazy things have happened. In fact, the last few week, weeks, crazy things have happened. The title of my message, if you're writing down notes, I don't know where this is going to go. Who knows? We're baptizing a whole bunch of people off the church today. Uh, we dedicated some children. I feel like we're taking over the world. It's just how I feel. I'm not sure if it's real, but I feel like we're taking over the world. So come on, my soul. Don't you go shy me. You got a lion inside of those lungs. You know what I'm saying? The church is finding her roar again. What if is the title of my message. Here's the tagline if you want to write this down. When you feel like you're losing control, loosen your grip. Oh, JJ, I'm going to preach a little bit of faith today if that's right. Because we're living in a season where if we're honest, we feel like we're losing control. Now, I'm not saying that isn't true of many seasons, but it's exceptionally or especially true of this season, which is why I love that we as a church choose to sow outwardly to a wall that is not our own in a season where it feels like we're needing to protect our own because it breaks the flesh and it builds our faith. When you feel like you're losing control, write these words down. Some of you need to hear this. Loosen your grip. We're human, God. And around every corner, it feels like another thing's being taken from us and we're holding on tightly. Well, now's the time not to hold on tight, it's to loosen your grip. I'll talk a little bit more about this. God spoke to me about this while I was preaching, actually week two of this series, I was preaching and suddenly I just felt this line like download in my spirit, teach them about loosening their grip when they're holding on too tightly. And so I banked it for today. So you have a special Sunday on your hands. If you're online, you chose a good Sunday to join us. But it reminds me of a story in the Bible where a rich young ruler comes up to Jesus. And you would have kind of picked up on the thread. God has been on this journey, returning to royalty. He spoke about generosity uh, and how God is releasing generosity and how it's contagious and how we're called to live in a story bigger than our own. And kind of today, closing this idea with uh, two stories at the end of today, an activation moment that I believe is gonna break something in the atmosphere. But it reminds me of this story where the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus. And there'd been a few stories, Jesus, it was kind of ramping up. The gospel moment was ramping up. 
like he was getting closer to the Jerusalem triumphant entry, what we would call Palm Sunday. Uh, he was starting to raise the tempo, if you like, or raise the bar of what it meant to live a life that was beyond his own or beyond our own. The disciples were starting to see that he would no longer be around them in the, in the flesh. There was, a, there was something coming that was bigger than this even. And, uh, and in the middle of all this, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Uh, the word rich suggests he had a lot. Like, like, I don't know about you, but when I read that story and it says rich young ruler walks up to Jesus, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hearing a person that has nothing. I'm hearing someone that has much. And apparently the much isn't enough because he still came to Jesus. Like, doesn't that fascinate you? Like, shouldn't that story stop you in your tracks? If I could just get, apparently that's not gonna be enough. And he comes to Jesus and he has this interaction. Kudos to him for coming to Jesus. Like, just before we deal with the part of him that didn't get it right, let's just appreciate the fact that he came. Let's just appreciate the fact that you perhaps don't even know why you're here online, but you're here, you're, you're waiting and you're going, Jesus, if you wanna do something with me, I'm here, you're in house and you're not sure you wanted to be here. Someone said, you gotta come. I messaged a friend literally during worship. I said, I know you're at home, but you need to get to church. Things are going down. I think he might be coming. I'm not sure, I hope he does. If he hasn't online, let the blessing flow in your home too. But kudos to the rich young ruler for just showing up. And he shows up because he recognizes he has greater need. He has everything but it's not enough. And so he says to Jesus, Mark chapter 10, we're gonna pick up on the story. He says to Jesus, Jesus, like what should I do if I wanna inherit eternal life? Like what's it gonna take? Which is to suggest that he had everything by human means that this life presents or offers, but he wasn't satisfied with this life. He wanted the abundant life. That's why Jesus in John 10, 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life in abundance, which is to suggest there, are, there is life for you both now and then. And the rich young ruler was going, I, I wanna experience the fullness of life. I'm not okay with what I have. I've got so much, but it's not enough. I wonder if COVID's brought us to that place. I don't know. We've had so much, God, but if we're honest, it hasn't been enough. It hasn't been enough to see us through the dark days. It hasn't been enough to satisfy the craving of our downtime. And so we're working hard, it's just not enough. So Mark chapter 10, he comes to Jesus, I'll read it to you, it says, and as Jesus started on his way, the man ran up to him. He was, he was on mission, all right? I hope we build a church that runs toward Jesus in times of need. And ran up to him and he fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. I wanna, oh, I wanna preach about a God that gives to us in grace, not through good works. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Don't you love that? Jesus can see the desperation of his heart's cry and it says he looks at him and loves him. Jesus' next lines, as you will hear them for yourselves today, come out of love, not legalism. It's never about what you do for him. It's always from a position of what he's done for you. 
And so Jesus is loving eyes on you today, Link Church. Loving eyes. Loved him. He said, one thing you lack though, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Oh no, man, this story is getting bad. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me at this man, at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and there's a little bit more interaction and the disciples are like, what's up, Jesus? This is not a good thing. Man just departed. Is everything gonna be okay? And Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. He then goes on to say, I'll tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or fathers or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age as in the age to come. Many are first will be last and the last will be first. I want you to see something so clearly in this story. It says, Jesus encounters this man and he says, God, I've done so much. What's it gonna take to have what I need? And Jesus said, with loving eyes, well, one thing you've lacked is to sell everything and the man walks away sad. You see, when you feel like you're losing control, the trick is to loosen your grip. His response was to tighten it. Jesus has good things for his church and the charge is to loosen your grip. Uh, this is a principle of life, by the way. It's not just around your finance. It's about, every, about everything. When, when you feel like your children are growing up so fast and they, they're doing things that you didn't want them to do and they're coming up with opinions that you wish they never had and they're starting to make decisions that you hoped you could control. When you feel like you're losing control, say it with me, loosen your grip. Jesus, I've done everything. I've raised them well. I've prayed at night. I've, I've taught them the, about the power of the church and I, I've, I've all these things. Jesus, what's it gonna take for me to enjoy life in our family? All right, give them away to me. Loosen your grip. This principle is true in sport as well. Avid sports people. Like, I spoke about this in Moon Missions. It's the difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. Like, God is calling His church to seriously trust Him with everything. Play to win. Not hang on to the little we have left and hope that we don't lose. Anyway, I'm just gonna keep going for a little while because God's gonna say to you what He needs to. I was chatting to JD about kite surfing and uh, apparently he's decent, I don't know. I've never seen him in the air, I'll be honest. But I'm told he likes to get off the waves and into the air. And I said to him, what do you think of this statement? If you feel like you're losing control, loosen your grip. He said, well, that's the principle of kite surfing. Like if the wind gets up and you aren't ready and you don't know what you're doing and you feel like you're losing control, you literally loosen your grip. You literally let go of the handle and the kite sits up above you and the wind kind of channels itself in such a way that you stay stationary and safe, keyword. But if you hang on for dear life when that kite's pulling you down the beach and heading toward the reef, chances are you're gonna get cut. And so the principle is when you feel like you're losing control, losing your grip, I'll teach you another one. Uh, I, I ride mountain bikes and if you're going down, down a hill and you're on a rocky section and it's like a fun, exciting section and you, you kind of the adrenaline's pumping and, and then you start to feel like you're losing control. If you've been in this place, you know what I'm talking about and, you, and you're heading so fast, you don't know what you're doing and you're getting what they call like, like, like wrist pump, is that what it's called? Forearm pump and you're getting so, you're holding on tighter and tighter and it's actually getting sore and sore. The trick is not to hold on tighter. That's not gonna, help you. The trick is to 
And you watch, I remember, I'll never forget, I was doing the signing to see a mountain bike race and a guy by the name of Greg Minow, you may recognize the name, he was a, a world downhill champ. And myself and my friend, we were trying to get into the top 20. What were we thinking? And, and, and we were riding as hard as we could. And we thought we were flying and we're going down this hill. We are charging, Link Church, charging. Personal moments of expression. Flying down the hill. Like honestly, you wouldn't have beat us on your best day. Greg Minow, he came down, I'm not joking, on his back wheel. I guess you excuse me. Came down on his back wheel with one hand off the bike. Said, thank you. He just bounced down the hill. <laughs> we caught him on the next hill because he, he wasn't fit, but he knew what to do on the down. And um, you loosen your grip. And some of you guys are enjoying the stories, but battling to do it in your life. And I really feel like as we close this human series, God wants us to realize that he wants good things for us. Like to be human is to feel loss. It's to feel the pain of loss. It's to feel the, the brokenness of humanity in this time, the disconnect in family in this time, the, the tension of our marriages, the hurt, the pain, the frustrations. It's to feel all of this, but faith is to give it to God, not to hold on to it yourself. It's to give it to God. You see the story of Mark chapter 10, as Jesus is talking, he says, good teacher. Jesus isn't a teacher of good. He's a carrier of grace, church. You gotta hear this. The point of the story wasn't that Jesus was a good teacher. He was, but the point of the story was that he was a carrier of grace, which was why he said to the young man, he said, listen, guy, what you need to do is hand over the rest of the stuff that you're holding onto so tightly. And then what were the next words? Follow me. What he was saying is, it's not what I teach you in principle. It's what you experience of me in person. If you can put down anything that stops you from having all of me, you will encounter a fullness that you will never earn. If you feel like you're losing control, loosen your grip. We did it as a church last year as COVID hit us, uh, spoke to our team. And another cycling analogy, sorry, it's just who I am, um, is go easy when it's hard so that you can go hard when it's easy. And I remember phoning my team and did a Zoom call and said, hey guys, listen, I know this is gonna sound counterintuitive. Everyone's expecting us to jump up and down and go crazy. But I want you to go easy while it's hard. Go easy on yourselves. God wants to build this church more than we do. So just relax. We're gonna serve what we can to humanity so that we can put the hammer down when things open up. And I'm telling you, friends, there's something beautiful about loosening your grip when you feel like you're losing control. God's got good things for His people. I wanna kind of close today. I said it was gonna be a different kind of Sunday. And, and boy, oh boy, He knows it is. Volunteers, are you ready? Volunteers, will you do, do, will you do what you came to do today? They're gonna shoot around the, the church for the next few minutes and they're gonna give you a white envelope in your hands. And as that's happening, turn to your neighbor and say, what on earth? And if you're online, I hope you catch the spirit of this moment. You can do it too, wherever you are. We'd love to see you in the house soon. But if you're in Scotland, like our friends, the Hannahs, or you can just make it work for you where you're at. They're gonna give you an envelope right now. I want you to just hold it. Everyone gets an envelope. 
Uh, don't open it or anything just yet. Let me speak to it for just a moment. Um, you see, generosity is not because we're good. It's because we're under grace. Did you pick that up? Generosity is not because we're good. It's because He is and we're under grace. And when we're under grace, we loosen our grip because that's how we increase the flow. I guess as a church, it'd be easy for me to preach loosen your grip, but it'd be even more powerful for you to see what that can look like. I don't know if you remember um, me telling the story a few weeks ago. Volunteers, you're amazing, by the way. Can we just give it up for our volunteers for just a second? I told the story a few weeks ago about Link when we were like three, six months old. I forget what it was. And we had 30,000 Rand in the bank account, short version today. Uh, 30,000 Rand in the bank account. We drew all of it. We put it in white envelopes, five and ran an envelope, and we gave it to 60 people that showed up for church that weekend. And we gave away the last of the money we had. See, because when you feel like you're losing control, trust me, back then it felt like we had no control. So we loosened our grip. We put money back in the hands of people because at that stage, our church didn't realize the value of generosity and serving God faithfully in finance. We're still young, we're figuring it out. And, and we thought it was something we did for God. Then we started to realize it was the overflow of what He's done in us. But so what we did is we trusted God to create a breakthrough moment. And 60 people got envelopes in their hands that day. And we said to them, what you should do is now trust God to get into your community and, and give that away to somebody. If it is you and you need it, by all means, spend it on your family if you're desperate and God knows you needed a hand up. By all means, do that. Uh, but what we want you to do is tell us the story of what went down. And so 60 envelopes went out and we got back a bunch of stories of people that had sowed into local communities. But what I want to tell you happened in our church is generosity broke out because generosity is contagious. And so the church made the first move and the people took on generosity as our culture, which is why if you've been in Link for any amount of time, you'll know we're generous. We don't expect people to give. It's just who we are. And um, this week, Wednesday, I get sent a picture from our team. Someone, and you know who you are. You might even be in the room. I haven't got a clue who this is, which makes the story even better. Someone in our church or community had dropped off a box of 120 envelopes. And in each envelope was 500 rand. You do the numbers. It's double. And uh, they wrote this message. Pastor Dylan, I was so inspired by your 60 wide envelope story. See, generosity is contagious. Did I mention that? It really triggered something in me. And then God not only made the funds available for me to do 60 envelopes, but to do 120. I guess He's always exceeds our expectations. Smiley face, emoticon. I know He'll show you exactly where to distribute it. I have this vision of every person receiving an envelope and being able to pay it forward in some way. Not necessarily in money, but maybe time or kindness or a good deed. Imagine how that would move our town. I do want to stay anonymous if, it's a, if, if I can at all costs. God has already rewarded me and blessed me abundantly. And whoever you are, God is just getting started. Just a shout out to your family and team that created a home for us to grow and be all that God has called us to be. We've much appreciated you over the years and the behind the scenes work you put in. Lots of love. Hashtag the start of the white envelope movements so 
So this is step one of what I felt like God wanted to do in our church today. The first thing is, I believe God wanted us to, we met as an eldership team this week. We said, what do you think God wants to do with the 120 envelopes? Our team said, get as many as we need to get everyone one in their hands. So basically double, triple, do what's required. And so what is represented in this room today are 330 envelopes. I believe some are outside, some are with parents. I'm not sure exactly how many there are. But envelopes, that's how many we prepared. And they're in your hands now for us to go and do what we did. We're doing it again, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And, and our kids are doing it next door as well. Chances are they're gonna come up with a better solution to the cash than you do. So there's a slightly less than 500 Rand, but we thought we'd include them in the story. Because Jesus isn't a good teacher, Jesus is grace. We don't come to Him for the principles of life. That's the starting point. We come to Him to get what heaven has. And heaven is generous. And God is kind. And some of you mathematicians in the room are calculating 300 envelopes, 330 envelopes, 500 people in the envelope. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Honestly, there could have been a thousand of you. We would have drawn all the money required to the thousand. We went to the bank. It was spontaneous. The bank said, you've got to give us notice on this kind of stuff. You can't just show up. But what I'd love you to do as you leave church today, and this is just step one, is I'd love you to ask God what He wants to do with that money and then go and do it. And on our website, there is a card, linkchurch.com. There's a little card there that says the white envelope. Click it. And you can put your name and your story of what you did with the money God gave to you this morning. Now, for some of you, this may be a big amount. For some of you, this may be a small amount. It's not about the money. It's about the mindset. It's all His anyway. And when we realize that we're just the middleman, things start to come alive in us. You see, when you feel like you're losing control, say it one more time, please. Just to... And so I'm asking you to loosen the grip on what you hold so dear to your finance. And we're just going to help you do it today with five and around. But hopefully it becomes contagious. White envelope, linkchurch.com, the white envelope. Tell us your story. Imagine 330 stories came back this week, next week, the week after. And if you needed it for your family, tell us that story too. Because we don't know what you need. Only God does. If God puts a piece in your heart to take your wife for a meal because you haven't done it, you haven't had the funds, you tell us that story too. You tell us whatever story God puts on your hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the second thing you need to stand for. You're probably wondering, why are the five rand coins strapped to the front of the envelope? If you haven't noticed that yet, where you been? So this week, um, myself, Mark Slev and Dubs were having a triad two weeks ago. And, uh, Harold Macmillan walked in and, you know, he like interrupted our tried conversation. Isn't that the truth, Mr. Mac? As he always does, because he couldn't care less. He's coming for a hug, you know? And, um, and so at some stage, I'm like, what does Harold even mean anyway? Like getting a bit cheeky, you know? Like, what does Harold even mean? He says, actually, amazing story. Harold means like army man, military man, leader of the pack. I was like, that is appropriate to say the least, you know? Anyway, if you know Mr. Mac, you'll know what I'm talking about. He goes on to say, there's actually a very funny story. He said, you know, when I was younger, I was actually named Harry. 
um, which was to be named after a Jewish doctor, right? Harry Levine, I think was his name. And uh, my dad, as he was walking in to register my birth certificate with Home Affairs, felt to change my name. Because some stuff had gone down between when I had been born and this moment. I don't know if it's a day, two days, three weeks, who cares? Time's not the issue here. But his dad had been stirred to shift something. And so he said, he scratched out Harry on the birth certificate. Like, remember the days where you could actually do that? Like, anyway, and changed his name to Harold. He said, but that's not the best part of the story. He said, this doctor, when we were in the hospital, uh, took a coin, Jewish culture. If you know this Jewish culture, you'll know the story. It's like a tradition. He took a coin and he put it in my barely born hands and he wrapped my fingers over and he said never will you be in lack and he prayed a blessing over my life and perhaps that's what started to shift his dad's intention around what Mr. Mack would do in his life because God was doing something bigger than what he comprehended and as he told us the story Mac, I can't believe you, you interrupted us that day it was so perfect because we're going to close because of that with courage today as he told me the story I knew God was wanting to say to his church like church I've changed your names you're no longer in lack you have everything you need. I've changed your names. I've written a new story. I've, I've, I've paved a way for you, which you don't deserve. Some of you are standing here today. Some of you are joining us online going, we can't be a part of this. We don't deserve it. We're gonna just sneak in the back. I'm telling you by the grace of God, he's not just a good teacher. He's full of grace. And he will unbundle that grace on your life if you give him permission. He'll write a new name. But here's what we're gonna do. Oh God, move, please move. I want you to take that coin off, the envelope. And I want each of you to put it in the palm of your hand. God can't position fresh things in your hands if they're closed. And today, as an act of faith, we're gonna open our hands and let Him put some promises back in there that perhaps we don't believe. Now you can close it. Put the coin inside. And if you don't mind, close your eyes too. And what I want to do is read some prayers that I pray over this church most days of your life. And as I do, as your eyes are closed, as your hearts are engaged, perhaps some of you online want to find a coin in your house and just partner with us. I believe God is going to show you the power of loosening your grip and letting Him be the provider and the keeper of promise in the life. And so let me pray these prayers over your life, over Link Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you, Link Church, and give you peace. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground. Your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. In the land which he swore to your forefathers, he will give you again. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no lack. And there will be no male or female barren among you. May the Lord bless this land with the precious dew of heaven above 
and with the deep waters that lie below, with the best that the sun brings forth and the finest that the moon can yield, with the choicest gifts, Link Church, of the ancient mountains and the fruitfulness of the everlasting hills, with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness and the favor of him who dwelt in the burning bush. Let all these rest on the heads of Link Church and God's people today. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever and the favor of him who dwelt in the burning bush rests on the heads and in the hands of God's people forever. Link Church, so long as you have open hands, you will never be in lack. May the grace of God come upon you for business and strategy and income and increase. grace of God come upon you from peace and provision and purpose and power. May barren wombs be unlocked by the grace of God and the blessing of heaven flow. And as you stand there thinking about what God is doing in your heart right now, our team are going to continue to sing over us. My prayer is that you wouldn't let this just be a moment. It would become a movement and a new momentum in your heart and your life of faith. Thank you, Father.